Welcome to Simone Che. I'm Sydney. I'm Shu. And tonight we're talking to you about ketamine. <laughs> That's what ketamine reminds me of. That's what I think about when I uh, when I read about ketamine. Um, it makes me think of a friend of mine who went on a ketamine bender after a family member died and she wasn't showering and so she went over to a friend's house. Uh, house for dinner and the friend made her take a shower because she was stinky and then she just passed out with only a shirt on on the guest room bed with her bush out there for everyone to see and so um ketamine makes me think of abundant pubic hair (laughs) but i'm glad we're doing this episode so i can get to see the true story behind ketamine yes definitely me too all right, well, let's uh, wander through that bush and into the truth, the fields of truth. <laughs> All right. In case you don't know, ketamine is a dissociative anesthetic used in powder or liquid form, usually on animals. Um, it can induce a trance-like state, and uh, pretty much the person can't feel their body. They're all in their mind. Okay. So they use it for pain relief, sedation, it causes uh, memory loss. Yes. And um, one of the cool things, uh, cool is a subjective term. Uh, one of the cool things about ketamine is that uh, unlike most anesthetics, your heart and lungs maintain function when you're on it. So it works really well. They use it as like a battlefield anesthetic um, because if they don't have ventilation equipment available, It is a way to anesthetize a patient um, without having to uh, maintain their breathing for them. Uh, But they they try not to use it in humans um, in a hospital setting because it causes really bad hallucinations. Yes. Um, So I know someone who did ketamine. I've never done it before. Have you? No, I haven't. Okay, so, but I met someone who has tried it, so I asked them if I could ask them some questions, and the th- that's what they said. It comes on as a hallucinate, like, with hallucinations. Okay. So, um, you get tunnel vision, where you're, like, only seeing what's in front of you, you can't really see. They described it as falling, like, if you fell into a grave. Okay. And um, altered perception. Okay. And it becomes very hard to move. And when you're just sitting there, you're like completely floored. You can't get up and you're just all in your mind. That's what they call a K-hole. Okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's the interesting thing about it is that they – it's used as a party drug, but – it's kind of confusing to be like, oh, this thing can make you paralyzed and disassociate. Let's take it in the middle of a party. Right. So. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, and what another thing that that person said is that what they used to do with their friends is they would take K, you know, kind of sit there for a while. And then once they were able to move, they would see who could get to the other side of the room the fastest because it felt like your feet were cement blocks and it was very hard to walk. Oh, So one thing they did to make each other laugh is they would try and race to the other side of the room, which was really them taking very slow, small steps. (laughs) 
That definitely sounds like a drug experience that teenagers would enjoy. Yeah. And yes, this was back in the day. So um, yeah, so it's taken. I don't. How do you take it at parties? Because doctors inject it. And it takes about five minutes to kick in and it lasts 25 minutes. But when you take Special K at a rave, is it a pill? Um, well, there's two ways you can take it. You can take it in liquid form. So as like put it in a drink or okay. in, as a shot. Or you can take it in powder form. Okay. So snort it, um, ingest the powder. You could ingest it in like a capsule form. Uh-huh. So those are the two basic ways. Um, yeah. So, okay, so the side effects, uh, we talked about, like, when you're on it and when you're in the K-hole, and then when it wears off, it causes agitation, confusion, hallucinations, and then it can cause elevated blood pressure and tremors, and that's pretty common, Um, or it can less so, it'll cause decreased blood pressure and uh, reduced breathing, and uh, rarely larynx spasms. So... Uh, one of the things that I want to warn people about is that it can be used as a date rape drug. So yeah. they say if you're going to experiment with it and you know you're taking it set and setting, as we always say. Yes. Um, you want to be in a safe place around trusted people. So not at a party, but also um, usually it's rohypnol, which is used as a date rape drug. But ketamine uh, can often be that way because it causes paralysis and memory loss so it's real uh, real useful for those date rapers oh that's so scary I know that really scares me a lot did I tell you about when I got um when someone gave me like a roofie no you've been roofied yeah whoa luckily nothing bad happened to me Uh um but I was hanging out with my neighbor And I had a headache, so I asked her if she had any ibuprofen, and she's like, yeah, let me go get some. She gave me a pill. I took it. It turned out to be a roofie, which she also didn't know it was her parents, and it was in the, like, Tylenol bottle or whatever. (laughs) So I went to dinner with my parents, and by the time we left for dinner, I was feeling pretty loopy, but I didn't know what was wrong with me. I was in high school, mind uh-huh. you. I was in, I was like some point in high school. Yeah. Um, and my dad had come to visit. And so I ended up passing out at the dinner table at the restaurant. And they oh had God. to like carry me to my back to my room. And I slept for like almost an entire day. And when I woke up, like I didn't know what had happened. I didn't know where I was. And um, my parents were super pissed off at me. And they were like, you know, take things from people. Like, how did you not know? But, you know, she was my she was my really good friend. Like, we hung out all the time. And she told me it was like, yeah, Tylenol, ibuprofen. So I, you know, I believed her. And she believed her. Yeah. And she didn't know to like for her credit. You know, she had no idea. Yeah. It's not like you took a pill from a stranger. You took a Tylenol from a trusted friend who didn't know they were drugging you. Yeah. So um, like, thank the goddess that nothing bad happened and I wasn't in like a weird setting but that was like super scary to just wake up and like be like the last thing I remember was going to a restaurant with my parents Uh yeah wow 
So be careful when you do drugs. Yeah, or Tylenol. <laughs> Jesus fucking yeah. Christ. Always look for I was, the I was going to say, I guess, just like always look at what you're taking, even if it's a friend, because you never know. Mistakes can happen. Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, so ketamine is classified as an NMDA receptor antagonist. I don't know what that means. I'm not going to act like I do. Me neither. Um, and as of 2017, the mechanisms of how it works are still not well understood. Uh, but it was discovered in 1962. They started testing it on humans in 1964. And in 1970, the U.S. approved it for use as a surgical anesthesia. And it was used heavily in the Vietnam War as the field anesthetic. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's on the World Health Organization's list of essential medicines, uh, which are medicines that are most effective and safe and needed in the health system oh. around the world. So according to doctors, it's a very important drug and it's very useful. Yeah, I think it's a uh, it sounds like it's a great drug in a medical setting yes. under proper usage. As a party drug, I think this is on my like no thank you list. Yes. Um, cause the person that I interviewed, uh -huh. um, also to told me they had a friend that unfortunately died from, um, doing K and going swimming. Oh my God. Yeah. Jeez. Well, and that's the thing is most drugs, the risk that they pose is the behavior. Right. That, oh my God. Yeah. He, um, drowned because he was paralyzed in the pool Ooh. and um no one was with him when i i guess it was like at a party he wandered off to the pool and no one knew until unfortunately afterwards so that's one of the saddest things i've ever heard yeah that makes me really sad i know i know i asked that person if they were there and they're like no thank thank goodness i wasn't at that party but because yeah that's something that would stick with you for a really yeah. long time and be like why didn't i check or whatever right. and yeah yeah it still sucks that like your friend, you know, yeah. Anytime a friend dies, yeah, it's I've, sad. I've heard a lot of stories of like people going cliff jumping when um, wasted, and you know they drown because it's night and they can't see which way is up to find their way above the surface of the water or whatever. So yeah. like just situations that could be dangerous when you're sober, don't do them when you're intoxicated. No, definitely not. Yeah, I had a friend who uh, got drunk and jumped off a bridge into the Mississippi River as like a dare uh -huh. and he died. Did he drown or was it from impact? Um, It was too shallow. So oh it was my from God. impact. Yeah. It was very sad. I think this is like a really good episode <laughs> just because we usually are so pro-drug on all of our episodes. Yeah. We're like, check it out. Do it. Just do these drugs. And this episode, we're like... <laughs> Bad shit can happen. Well, you know, we, it's like, it's real. Yeah. Like, there are cool, fun drugs that, like, most likely you're not going to do anything that dumb and it's not going to affect you long term. But then they're the definitely drugs that make you do erratic, dumb things. Yeah. And there's serious consequences. Yes. Like, you can die from taking drugs. Yes. It happens a lot. Yeah. So <laughs> I guess, I yeah, it's good that we're being, like equal balanced and fair yeah and also uh just really reinforcing set and setting and who you're with and is there a yes. sober person do you have a someone who's trip sitting uh because that's important yeah i'm all about the safety precautions yeah oof I mean, this, it, this yeah. stuff like when i was researching i'm like oh it's cool it's kind of scary yeah i uh so the 
I used to be kind of interested in ketamine because I have depression and they're doing, you can get treatment. It's not um, approved use, but it's an off-label use is ketamine for antidepressant effect. And um, which is a thing about drugs in the U.S. is like as long as it's legal for one usage, you can use it for other usage. So like HCG is a fertility drug, but you can go to a weight loss clinic and get off-label use to use it as a weight loss aid. Uh, so it's that sort of thing because um, ketamine is a rapid acting antidepressant and um, people do it in California. Chris Gethard uh, went and got it. He's a famous comedian. Um, but, um, and I was like, oh, this is, I like things that make me not depressed. Maybe I'll go get <laughs> intravenous ketamine therapy, yeah. which costs about $500. Um, and it's used in treatment resistant depression, uh, and bipolar disorder and it's highly effective. Um, so generally within two hours, people see an alleviation of symptoms, but it only wow. lasts one to two weeks. Oh, so, so you have to be doing it like. Every other week. Yeah, that's a thousand dollars a month, and, and probably not good with like the side effects it can have. So I I looked into it and I listened to that podcast. Um, say why to drugs? Oh And yes. she said the doses that they use for antidepressant therapy are much lower than what's used in a party setting or even in a anesthetic setting, and they found no um no ill effects of the dosage and frequency that's used for depression, but still like a week or two is like nothing. Um, it's not sustainable. Just like, give me a better, give me a better treatment option. Yeah. Um, and regular users actually like, so people who use it regularly to party have increased depression and they have impaired memory, uh, verbal short-term and visual memory so if you use it regularly it uh it will fuck you up and uh it causes your bladder to thicken have you heard of this ketamine bladder no so people who abuse it regularly it causes a thickening of the bladder and it can lead to um urge incontinence like basically the minute you have to go you start to wet yourself um decreased bladder compliance Oh, no. Which I think is your bladder's just not doing what you want it to do. Uh-huh. Decreased bladder volume, and then also it can cause spasms of your bladder muscle. And that's permanent, I think. Oh, shit. So, but those are people who are taking it several times a week in high doses. Um. Oh, yeah. my God. That sucks. Yeah, right? <laughs> I got that ketamine bladder. And what happens with the people is it's really painful. And oh, so no. they use ketamine to numb themselves. Like, they can't get off ketamine because they're oh, using it to numb shit. their bladder pain. Yeah. Um. So this is not a good drug to do regularly. No. Um. Casual use doesn't seem to cause any uh, deficits. Uh, and any like mental deficits caused by frequent use seem to go away uh, over time after people quit using it. So that's good. Yeah. That, like the brain damage only happens if you're using it a lot and it goes away. But also that bladder situation. Yeah, that's terrible. I'd be like, well, I used it because I was really sad. And now I'm just really sad because I can't stop peeing myself. I just have to wear my incontinence panties for the rest of my life. Well, 
and I'm not there yet. I didn't want to be there, but now I am. Here we are. Oh. I'm just going to Costco with my elderly oh my mother, God. stocking up on Depends. Oh, you know, that ketamine bladder. That ketamine bladder. <laughs> Woof. Yeah. Well, um, you know what I found interesting about it yes. is it was not added to the controlled substance list until 1999. What? Yeah. Before then, you could go to Mexico and buy it in liquid form and bring it back across the border. Shut the front door. Yes. So when all my friends were doing it in like freshman year of high school, it was legal then. Yeah. I mean, like ish. Yeah, ish. Legal-ish. Legal-ish. Holy cow. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. And also, um, I was told by my source that yes. they... <laughs> I love that you keep acting like this wasn't a professional journalistic inquiry when clearly you did a proper interview. Like yes, you interviewed right. a source. Stop discounting yourself. You're a professional. I know. You're right. I don't know why I'm doing that. You're I'm Lois a, Lane. I'm, I'm a fucking journalist. I'm Simone Che. You Lois are. Lane. <laughs> Well, they told me that the um, that the way it's what it's composed of has changed oh. since the early two thousands is okay. when they changed it, and that it's not as strong now as oh, it used to be. Okay, yeah. So. so that's interesting, probably because of its potential for abuse. Yes, I think so. Interesting. It, um, the formula. That's oh. what I was trying to say. What the formula has changed. Okay. I guess composition's the same. Yeah, that's I knew what you meant. Good. I hope all our listeners did too. So, Guys, are you with me? Are you with me? I wonder if most people who are buying ketamine on the black market, if what they're getting is they call it diversion of medication, where it is like real medicine made by a pharmaceutical company and it's diverted and people sell it or whatever. If it's like that or if it's if are people making it in indie labs i'm not really sure i would assume if it's being manufactured like it's kind of like opiates like no one's making opiates they're diverting them from the pharmaceutical companies so that's probably what's happening with ketamine which is that sounds right sure let's go with that before this episode i thought people were like buying pills made in an underground lab uh kind of like you do ecstasy but that doesn't make sense because it is a drug that's in every hospital and veterinarian clinic so yeah well i was told by my source that when they were doing it back in the day um they would go to mexico to get liquid ketamine Uh um and bring it back and then dry it out and use it in powder form okay so it was like homemade uh-huh. at that time, but but not really. But not really because it's coming from a pharmaceutical from a company. source. Yeah, yeah, so. that's true. So so it's diverted. We've decided. We've decided. And we just taught you a new word. <laughs> diverted. Yeah, I only know this because like you, uh, I'm on psych meds, and uh, legally I have to go to a doctor regularly and take a inquiry to make sure that I still have the. Uh, disorder that they're supposed to treat and how they're doing and one of the questions on that um, sheet that the government then collects is have you participated in any diversion of medication and the first time I had to fill that out I was in my early 20s and I I had to ask what diversion of medication was Mm -hmm. and I feel embarrassed in hindsight but you don't know until you ask Um, so yeah then they explained it to me and I was like oh no no I I was like, I, I take it all because I want it. 
Yeah. I, I fucking want it. I'm not sharing this shit with my friends. We should do an episode on like maybe some different psych meds because like what are the effects if you don't have the condition? Like it's, it seems like they might fuck you up. Well, they will fuck you up if you do have the condition because um, a lot of them, they don't know the mechanism of action in the brain and they have in clinical trials like a 25% success rate. Oh, shit. Um, which is why I no longer take antidepressants because they've proven that the greatest effect that they have is the placebo effect. And if there's only a 25% chance it's actually working, I can intellectualize my way out of it. Yeah. Like, oh, you know what actually works and is proven is like diet, exercise, human connection. And these pills have side effects and I'm using them as a crutch. And if I can convince myself that I do not need them um, because I convinced myself that I needed them and therefore they worked. And now that I know that's not the situation, I no longer need to take them. Right. Um. So I'm glad I'm still paying on credit card debt that I uh, used to buy psych meds during a period when I had no insurance. But, you know, we make decisions based on the best information we have at the time. That's right. Um, That's how Trump got elected. Yeah. <laughs> JK, JK, guys. Um, yeah, I, I was on some anti-anxiety, also anti-depression medicine, uh, and um, it was terrible if you missed one pill. Yes. It felt like your brain was going to explode and thought was not possible. Uh, I would just turn into a crumpled heap of tears wherever I was, yes. like... I had to have Deacon come pick me up from work a couple times because I was like, fuck, I forgot to take my pill. And now the meltdown is happening. Uh Like physically, you cannot do anything or think. Uh So I got I got off of those because unfortunately, I'm just not a responsible person in the sense that like sometimes I forget to take my birth control. Sometimes I just am going to forget to take a pill. Yeah. And I can't have it affecting me to that point. And if it's doing that, like, I I don't know, it made me really question like, is this fucking helping me? Yeah, I think it's hurting. me. uh, Yeah, I had one where I forgot to take them and I was out running errands and I ended up throwing up into like a big gulp cup that I thankfully had in my car because I got so sick and nauseous from withdrawal from the medication. And that's what it is. It's so strong that even just missing um, one pill, you have like instant withdrawals. Yeah. So So I'm not not into it. No. And Um, those you can't just stop taking. Like I had to decrease over like a period of weeks. You had to titrate down. Titrate down? Yes. Girl, you know all the fucking lingo. I spent a lot of time alone reading things. Titrate down. Gentlemen, Um, if you want a woman who knows (laughs) words such as titration and diversion, and the only way I'll stop saying them is if I have my mouth wrapped around your cock, I'm your girl. Email us at simonechepodcast at gmail.com. Do you want (laughs) to shut me up? like a phone sex line that sounded like a really good commercial that was amazing (laughs) i also like the idea of like the selling point of me to a man is like listen i'll just talk to you i know really smart words i'll say really smart words in a really annoying manner and you're gonna want to shut me up and you know how to do that daddy oh my god put that big cock right in my mouth And I will not stop until I have you all the way down my throat. Oh, that's right. I don't have tonsils to stop that cum.
You guys, I can't. I'm covering my eyes. I can't even look at you. Because <laughs> I'm making eye contact with you the whole time. Um, but yeah, no, maybe this is like going to be my new dating technique where I'm like, listen, I know you don't want to date me. I know I'm annoying. I also know my voice is too loud to ever travel anywhere in a car with me because I have a tiny car and a big voice. However, all of that aside, I do occasionally shut the fuck up. And it's either when I'm having a severe depressive episode. Oh, I won't talk to you then. I won't talk to you when I'm fucking depressed as fuck. I won't say a goddamn word. Or if your dick is so far down my throat, like I might be hoarse for days just fucking deep throating that shit. So these are options. If you don't like my personality, there is silence as an option in this relationship. Or if you're in a K-hole. Oh, if I was in a K-hole, probably not very conversational. So if you could get months of silence, because I could have a severe depressive episode that is resistant to other treatments, and I could go and get ketamine treatment, that I'm obviously you're going to pay for it. I mean, listen, I work at a movie theater. You're going to have to pay for my K-hole treatment. And then I'm not going to talk to you then because I'll be in a K-hole. So with ketamine, all things are possible. Except for a strong bladder, because that shit is going to go down the drain. Oh, gosh, guys. Don't get that ketamine bladder. Just don't abuse drugs. If you don't feel do the it. need to, if there's a substance that you need to have several times a week that you have to have or you feel like you can't function, that's a problem. Whether yeah. it be donuts or ketamine, like, it's a problem, like, I would almost say ketamine's like maybe a once or twice a year drug if you're going to do it. Like for that sure. Seems like enough. I think so. Yeah. I've recently come to the conclusion though that I'm like I'm growing up uh-huh. because I just I don't want to do drugs anymore. I'm like I just kind of want to be like a square normal person and uh think I'm good. Yeah. Like I think I've I've done it. Um, I think it's very funny because I'm very open about the fact that I do drugs, but I do them so seldom. Um, my one friend said something about thinking that I was like a stoner. They're like, well, you smoke pot, don't you? And I'm like, I have had the same $12 worth of pot since (laughs) October. Like I have had the same. That shit is so stale. Yeah. What is that? A gram? Like $12. It's like, I've had the same (sighs) and it's nowhere near being gone. Like, so I just, and they're like, really? And I'm like, I don't have time. Like, I get home from work and like, what am I going to do? I'm going to pack a bowl and go walk outside and smoke it like so that I can fall asleep. Like, I don't have time in my schedule realistically to be high. I mean, like, I don't know. And I would rather just be busy doing things that I enjoy than have the time to do drugs. That's the thing is like, yes. I would rather fill my days with things other than drugs. Like, yeah. I'm glad that they're there for me to use them in the way that I need them to. But, like, I'm not – I just – it's not part of my daily life. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely not in that party mode anymore. Like, I used to think it was really fun and cool. And, like, it is, it is still in a uh. sense. But just not in, like, I don't want to do any type of drug, like, very often anymore. No. I'm just, like – you know, maybe like uh, once a year, once every other year, I'll pick something and have a fun trip. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, not not like a 
Not like I used to. Yeah, I've done mushrooms twice this year, and okay. we're already at the third month. Yeah. So I don't have a high batting average. I'm doing mushrooms as often as Monica Lewinsky was sucking President Clinton's <laughs> dick. And she was sucking his dick more often than I'm sucking anyone's dick. Love that callback. That's a callback to our stellar episode on Monica Lewinsky. So, yes. Yeah. But yeah, I just I can't, it, it's weird to me. I've I've seen a documentary about people who are addicted to ketamine and it's like really sad. Yeah, well, especially because it's, like, so, like, for in the moment, so debilitating. Like, you you can't fucking walk. You can't get shit done while you're on. Uh You know, like, it's really sad when people are addicted to meth, but sometimes they, like, get a lot of shit done also. So it's, like, it's sad, but it's, in a way, it's sadder because they're masking it by being really productive uh-huh. um but you know with ketamine you're just like you're just watching them sit there for like hours yeah. at a time or like days and then like your friend they become all stinky yeah and, and stop showering and it's like really sad and you have to have a friend a good friend be like hey hey man like go use my shower yeah if you're gonna be in my house you have to go use my shower like that was really hard watching a friend go through that because like I they, bet. Like, I, she got in my car and I gave her a ride and, like, I had to park with my windows down for like, two days because it was as if a homeless person. And this is a professional adult who just really, I mean, just gave up on yeah everything. And it was real gross and sad. Um, and the, the friend who asked them to shower, I was like, how did you do that? Like, how do you ask someone, like, hey – you're a grown adult, um, but I need to ask you to bathe like you're a child. And she's yeah. like, well, you just have to be gentle about these things. And, you know, when people get depressed, the hygiene kind of goes and you have to nudge them in there. And I was like, you are a fucking she's a bartender. She's probably 15 years older than me, lifetime uh-huh. bartender. So she has a lot of practice nudging adult children to do the right thing. Right. And uh, I was really impressed with her just because I I didn't have the balls. Here I was being like, man, I got to give them a ride and they're going to stink up my car. And she's like, no, I told her this is my house and mm-hmm. I'm going to need you to wash and preferably not pass out with your bush to the wind <laughs> in my guest room. But if it happens, it happens. At least it's a clean bush. Oh, man. Yeah, that's rough. Clean bush is a happy bush. Uh, yeah, sometimes I just think about like how easy... It could be to just let it all fall apart uh-huh. and like, you know, all it takes is a little bit. Of, you just you just stop caring. And then all of a sudden your whole fucking life is just in shambles. Well, it's really easy to reach like a tipping point where you're like, fuck it. This is who I am. And there's no coming back. Uh, we talked on the last update. Um I can't remember what we called that one. The sigil. Yeah, uh, sigil it just a little bit about visualizing your life with change. And so say when I was drinking every single day and I was drinking on my way to work and I was drinking through my shift and I was going out and drinking after work. Like I could not picture my life without alcohol and I was doing things that I was embarrassed about and then I was drinking to not feel embarrassed when I would see those people again and it just felt like... I was trapped in this cycle that I could never come out of. Um, 
I've read memoirs of prostitutes who like they feel like that. They're like, I can right. never come back from this. Like it's altered who I am forever. I've definitely had those moments with my eating disorder where I'm just like, fuck it. Like this is just it. Like nihilism. Like I'm never gonna get better. And so I might as well just like go all in. Yeah. Um and like much like Monica Lewinsky, you need to realize that you can come back from anything. There is no point at which you cannot come back from it. But that's I, right. Yeah. I think that happens like if you're doing ketamine every day and your life is based around that, how how the fuck do you picture Okay, so first I got to stop doing ketamine. Yeah. <laughs> then I got to shower. Whew. And then I got to focus on these job interviews and like baby stepping your way back into a different lifestyle. And it's hard. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, it's hard to break any habit. Yeah. It's, I can't imagine like I, I recently told my husband like, I'm really glad I never became addicted to anything uh-huh. like severely. I mean, oh, it's questionable. I was an alcoholic for a little bit, but I like not. Yeah. Because I can also just like go forever without drinking. Yeah. Maybe I just partied too hard as a young person. Whichever that's common. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I I'm so happy I never like became addicted to anything because it's just such a struggle. And uh-huh. it's and it's so easy to fall into addiction. Like it's all around you. It's provided most of the time and you know it happens a lot to people who are lower income or have unstable homes Mm -hmm. and it just sucks that um that happens well yeah and we don't live in a society that is conducive to being a healthy person so you're constantly being triggered like alcohol weed now like junk food like everything that is fucking bad for you is at every corner in abundance and it is sold to you as this is how everybody lives right this is how everybody everybody eats at mcdonald's like it can't be that bad for you like yeah some people are fat but everyone does this everyone eats pizza everyone drinks alcohol every like and it's like i don't know you're being sold a lie basically is that number one these are not things that are essential to being alive um, let alone in the abundance in which they are. Um, and I think that's like the problem. So it's very hard to move through your daily life and just be like, stop fucking triggering me. Like, yeah, I feel very triggered right now. Um, and I mean, I know like that's how I am, uh, especially with like food stuff. And so, um, Alcohol was a little bit easier for me because I just like I couldn't hang out with any of my friends who drank. I could not go to bars and I could not go down those aisles at grocery stores. And after a while, I became like, you know, okay. Um, And the food stuff has been hard because for a long time, I like couldn't go to events where there was going to be food involved. Right. I would have a I would have a meltdown panic attack. I would be like, okay, either I can't eat for two days because I'm going to eat whatever it is and I'm going to binge eat because I do and so I'd go okay well I have this thing on Thursday so it's Tuesday so basically I can't eat anything but cucumbers and asparagus and then I can go act like I eat normal in front of other people um or I would have to like cancel or flake out or have excuses because yeah 
Wow. I couldn't like, because I'm like, I'm going to go to the thing and I'm going to spend the whole time having a panic attack and I'm going to eat and I'm going to eat too much. And then I'm going to have to come up with an excuse to leave so I can go throw up and it's going to be a whole thing. And it just was like, I can't. Um, yeah. And it was a lot easier to explain to people. Like people understand if I say I don't go to bars. I used to drink. Don't anymore. Don't go to bars. Cool. Absolutely. Um, but if I say like I don't do food, <laughs> like that's less understandable. And so it's totally. been definitely like a journey to get to the point where like I can go out to dinner and I can eat things off of a menu. And that's like a huge fucking deal because it used to not be. I would need like a week's notice. Yeah. And yeah, now it'll be like, oh, hey, like we've been hiking all day. Like you want to stop by this place and get some baklava and I can go and I can eat things that I don't know the calories or ingredients on. And like that's huge proud of you thanks i am i mean i'm fat now but also like what are you gonna do okay well your fat is like america's skinny so just keep that in mind yeah i mean (laughs) i still have body dysmorphia right so one issue at a time one issue at a time like i know that i'm not like huge but like also like i feel flesh when i bend forward like yeah try to stop me from reaching my toes because there's like flesh there and it's like I don't know. Whatever. This is not an episode about my eating disorder. I mean, this is like a real turn for Simone Che because this is more just an episode about like the negative effects of drugs. Yeah. And we've never really gone there before. No, we haven't. Well, I mean, we try to have a positive attitude because yeah. number one, you should in life. And also like, you know, we're pressured to be that way where you're supposed to be like, everything's fine. Like everything's OK. And just to be like, no, like this isn't cool. Like. Guess what? This was 2017, 2018 was the year of like, guess what? Like sexual harassment is fucking real. And right. like, it's not a fun conversation to have instead of being like, it's fine. Like some men suck, but it's all just like part of the game and being like, no, this is fucking terrible. Yeah. And so this is kind of like our thing of being like, OK, but also like there's some shitty drugs. There's some I shitty mean- drugs. And there's like. Some people can do ketamine and it's fine and other people will do it and they have a potential for abuse. And that's I had a friend who was abusing um, mushrooms, really like um, mushrooms and acid. And I was like, girl, you got to stop where you get the time. (laughs) Yeah. Where you get the time where you get the money. I was like, yeah, "Yeah, this is bad. But they just want like a bender. Like what? How much were they doing just every day? Like every day for like a week and a half. Oh, I mean, no, but it was like not like not like medium sized trips. It was like heavy. Yeah. Where you're like full on tripping balls hard like for a, for week, a week and a half. I feel like I'm OK with that. Are you? I don't know. I don't know. Did they lose their job? No, but they're a little stinky. <laughs> <laughs> down to is and this is i had a friend who was a um he was sober he had been um a heroin uh he had been addicted to heroin ecstasy and alcohol and he would talk about stinky people and he goes you know when i was a drug addict i like understood like seeing a shower and not registering it and just being like not for me but ever since i got sober i never walk past a shower and don't think that's a thing for my body to get washed in. Yeah. So if you get to the point with your drug use where you stop, uh, they like leaving the house, eating, drinking, showering, that's a problem. Yes. Like if it is interfering with your self care. Right. 
Because I use I use drugs as like part of my self care. It's part of like my yes. psychological and spiritual self care. So if if maybe your drug use becomes the antithesis of self care, then that's you got to like call your friend and be like, "Yo, dog, can you help me take a shower and make sure I don't buy any more." fucking mushrooms or acid yeah totally oh man yeah that's yeah um yeah i think like ketamine is on my no list uh-huh. heroin no meth no yeah painkillers no yeah like those are my drugs that i'm like you know what you guys are bad yeah you're, you're bad part news. of the you're part of the bad drug club you and can't I don't like sit it. with us yeah Sorry, table's full. Yeah, I think that I'm I'm very like pro entheogen, so your mushrooms and your salvia, right? Your ayahuasca. I think kratom's on my no list, also. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it, but it fucks up my digestion too much. Okay, and um, because it has some of the side effects that opiates have. Yeah. And uh, the last time I took it, I think I talked about it, how I thought I was getting the flu and I wasn't. I just yes. had too much Kratom. So uh, I've I've kind of moved that over. But this is this is me, like Sydney DeLorean. Like other people can use it and it's going to be right. fine. I took too much one time and said, you know what? We're. It, yeah. Yeah. Like who am I to tell people what to do? I'm yeah. just giving you my opinion. Yeah. You do do with it what you will. Yeah. I don't. Who even gives a shit? Who even gives a shit? No one even gives a shit anymore. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, Oh, Jesus. So this was an episode where we taught people a little bit about ketamine. But I feel like we didn't really need to because we're not super into it. So it's like, yeah, we don't need to give a full field guide. No, neither of us want to do it. So we don't need to really go into it. Actually, this is how I know that we're not true journalists, because if we were true journalists, we would have researched the fuck out of it with equal veracity that we did, let's say, Monica Lewinsky. I was so into that. Like, I I watched interviews. I I read articles. I kept going after we had already recorded (laughs) the show. Usually I do my notes and I rewrite them a couple times and I organize them. And then once we record, I'm like, okay, we're done. Yeah. This I mean, yeah. I was off to the races. I got to be real with you and our listeners. Huh. I didn't look anything up about ketamine until like 10 minutes before you got here. <laughs> I did interview my source. That's important. That is true. You did do a field interview. and But other than that, I was like, yeah, it seems like they knew enough about it. I, I did research. I've listened to a lot of podcasts with people who have used it for depression, depression treatment. And I subscribed to the maps newsletter, which sometimes will give updates and stuff like that. Uh, the multidisciplinary association for psychedelic studies anyways. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I'll be honest with you. I did not even for when I did to do my like show notes for this, I didn't even read all my browser tabs that I opened up. Some of those tabs, I opened them up and I closed them down. I just said yeah. a big old nah. Yeah. Once I found out, because I'm, we're all self-interested. Once I found out it's only good for depression for a week or two, I was like, who even gives a shit anymore? <laughs> 
Listen, no if I want to feel good for a week or two, I can do it for free because I can find some fucking fuck boy with long curly hair to fucking please my box. Yeah. And that can make me happy for like a week or two. I don't need to pay $500 for it. You know what I'm saying? Ketamine is the fuck boy of psycho-spiritual drugs. That's right. It's the fuck boy. You heard it here first. Ketamine is a total <laughs> fuck boy. Because it is not doing shit for you in the long run. That's right. It'll drain your bank account and fuck up your bladder. Oh, man. <laughs> Ketamine bladder. I love, I love how sad you get every time I say the word bladder. It really upsets me because, like, I don't know. You, you know, Have you ever had, like, a bladder infection or, like, a yes. urinary tract infection? I maybe once got a new vibrator and went a little hard on myself. Oof. Yeah, it just hurts. Yeah. And I, I just can't imagine having bladder issues like for life. Yeah. Like no. what if you're 20 and you just like do a month of K and then all of a sudden you fucking bladder ke- ketamine, ketamine bladder. I'm so excited. I'm like, ketamine, ketamine bladder, ketamine, ketamine, ketamine. I loved everything about all of that. Oh, wow. So there you have it. You know, make make your own decision. I don't know. Email us. Let us know what you think. Yeah. S- send us a comment on Instagram or a DM. Tweet at us at Simone Shea Pod. Leave me a voicemail or text message me 646-778-7743. Who even gives a shit anymore? Who even gives a shit? If you give a shit, Maybe give us a review. Like, we got real excited when we read a new review today. So if you want to do that, that Um, would make us really happy. Yeah. On March, this is is breaking news. On March 7th, we got a review from Toddy Galvez that says, Sydney and Shu are not only hilarious, but also informative, empowering, and strangely relatable. I love what they have created so far and wish them both the best of luck. Yeah. So whoever this person is, is our new best friend. We love you. And it feels really good just to have some encouragement that we're on the right track. Like, seriously, thank you so much, because it really does feel so good to know that there's just even just one person out there wishing us luck and finding us strangely relatable. I love it. That's what it's all about. That's why we do this. So thank you. Yeah, we want to you guys to reach out to us more because it's not just us talking we want a community and we want you to be involved in this so hit us up on all the social meds and enjoy your hump day happy hump day (laughs) 